After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America video. I'm John Manuel, editor of Baseball America magazine. We're in the Nike Fieldhouse here in beautiful downtown Omaha, Nebraska. The new Nike Fieldhouse right down the street, down Mike Fahey Street, from the new TD Ameritrade Park, Omaha, the new home of the Calvin Series. And with me is someone who is no stranger to college series, George Gordon, head coach at Oregon. Fourth year as the head coach at Oregon, three seasons with a team. Start of the program from scratch there, Coach Gordon. Thanks for joining us, obviously. Just always excited to see you in Omaha. I mean, it's always a pleasure to see you. But, I mean, Omaha's, a, I guess, the, the one painful part, I guess, is that you rather, you'd rather be here with a team than be here to talk to me. Yeah, thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. And uh, as I've often said, the best place for George Horton and my family to be on the face of the earth in the month of June is Omaha. Unfortunately, it's bittersweet right. each and every year, and I have committee work here and certainly get the opportunity to see the first two games of the Meritrade, what a, a tremendous facility that is. And it always makes me sad when I sit there in the stands and watch somebody else play or not participate. But certainly, a good goal to work for. I really, I just can't imagine what that's like as a coach when this is the goal. And I guess a part of that is. Uh, what makes Omaha so special is that, um, you know, we're based in Durham, North Carolina, and down the street, I live in Cary, and that's where the Division II World Series is now, and it's been there for three years, and it's a great facility. I don't think Division II players or any other sport, really, they can talk about the Final Four or the BCS Championship game. Those venues change. That seems like that's what makes Omaha special, isn't it? That it's, That word just means so much in college baseball. Yeah, and you start with the community and the people and the fans and now with the all the tournaments and youth tournaments that are going on right uh, the environment has grown and how the city has embraced the athletes the coaches the media uh, your organization obviously and uh, the vendors it's been a switch from rosenblatt to downtown but i, I think the true sense of uh, at least the way george horton sees it many of the coaches have been fortunate enough to be here we're going to miss the iconic rosenblatt stadium Feeling the adrenaline rush when your heart's pumping out of your chest. But what really makes it special is the word Omaha and the community here and how they've embraced uh, the athletes and coaches over the years and really make you feel like a big leader for a short period of time. And, that's, uh, it's quite a feeling. That's really, I think, one of the most unique things about whether it was Rosenblatt Stadium and TD Ameritrade is 25,000 fans. It's not a big league size, but it's certainly twice as big as a minor league stadium. It's a very unique size. Is that... I guess what made Rosenblatt unique for you, I guess, uh, as a head coach, uh, when, you, when you want to bring your team to TD Ameritrade, but what's, what do you think you'll miss the most from the old ballpark, and what about the old ballpark is going to be uh, what we see, a real upgrade to the new stadium? Well, I think the neighborhood. You 
know, the neighborhood and the relationship to the people and the tents and the tailgating and then uh, each and every year more and more tents and vendors and real people talking baseball and exchanging and rooting for teams. Uh, certainly the zoo and the iconic part of the zoo being that. The color of the stands is something that, you, that when your head hits the pillow and you make dreams about where you want your program to go, you think about the colored seats nice. in Rosenblatt. Relationships of people that I've met over the years and how they've embraced the underdog and certainly Cal State Fullerton. And one of these days, I think the University of Oregon would be construed to be an underdog if we ever worked our way to play in the College World Series. And, and that's the plan. But uh, how the, the fans really, in a neutral side, embrace the likes of the TCUs and the Fresno States and in the early days, Cal State Fullerton before Augie made his mark. And, uh, I think that's what makes it so, so special. It isn't a one-sided home field advantage. The community embraces each and every athlete, and actually uh, their uh, propensity for the underdog is uh, something that makes the College World Series very, very special. I thought you said you had a community college, a state, university, a uh, vocabulary, the propensity, iconic, you're all I'm over. I'm that one out for all my state school <laughs> uh, alumnus there. Well, going back to Cerritos, when you wear the Puka Shell necklace and you're playing at Cerritos, and you're at Cal State Fullerton with the program's first Division One, you know, knocking off the Titans or the uh, the Trojans, you know, ending the dynasty. These kind of things. From where college baseball was there, could you ever have foreseen, even 15 years ago, the sport getting to this point that it is now, with a stadium, 120, 130 million dollars stadium just for it, and just the way that this community has embraced it. it just seems like the sport has just taken off beyond people's wildest dreams. Even. Yeah, and, and going back to the Puka Shell days, my introduction from I won a state championship for an iconic kind of coach in Southern California, and he's won the Lefty Gomez Award now and, and been inducted into the College Baseball Foundation Hall of Fame. Wally Kincaid yep. uh, created this tree and this branch of successful baseball players, Dave Snow, Mike Weathers, I'm one of them. Augie Grito in the early days was smart enough to take eight Cerritos College players from mm -hmm one program because they were very well schooled and I had actually took a scholarship to the University of Hawaii and, and found out in very short order it wasn't a great fit for me. Uh, Les Murakami, a great man, was my coach and it just wasn't a good fit for George Horton. So I donned the puka shells and I had a big Oscar Gamber little hair, a, a Fu Manchu mustache and I had all my hair at that time. Came back from my first practice at Cal State Fullerton, and I was actually, and this is the truth, Coach Carrito, that I was sitting down in the outfield stretching in, uh, in uh, scissor lift style, and Coach Carrito looked, yelled from behind the batter stage, Hey, Horton, this isn't YTT, bro. So that was my first uh, coaching tip from Coach Carrito, and a bunch of midgets uh, that he accumulated. I was five foot nine. I played first base in 1975. USC had won five straight national championships. I was telling this story actually this morning to our, our committee that uh, we had no fights on. That's right. That's right. We had just, it was our first year of Division One. Coach Dave Snow was on the staff, a guy named Don Snedden, who was the winningest oh, coach in wow. junior college. Santa Ana, right? Yes. Uh, actually, uh, from what I understand, Don, Don Snedden. Uh, one of the candidates for the opening of Cal State Fullerton. That would be a wise hire. That's to me. That's a whole other column. Is why has no junior college coach after Wayne Graham? You see Wayne Graham's success at Rice. Why not Don Snedden? Why not Scott, uh, Coach Pickler? Why has these things? Not, why has no other Division One 
school picked up on, hey, successful junior college coaches are usually just good coaches. That's a whole other story. That was my background, and Coach Carino hired me as an associate head coach, and that's a whole different story. But uh, in in uh, in '75, we didn't have a fight song, so we go into Dado Field, which is a brand new facility. They just beat, uh, built it, uh, tremendous facility, a state of the art facility at that particular point in time. They had an organist for this regional that included USC, Pepperdine, Arizona, and ourselves. And they asked us for our fight song. Now, keep in mind, I'm the tallest guy in the infield, five foot nine, and we're located pretty close to Disneyland there in Fullerton. And so, when we took the field for infield practice, they played "It's a Small World." So that uh, infuriated us and made us more pointed to try to make an effort to come out of that regional, and we were successful. And unbelievable accomplishment for Coach Grito, Coach Snow, Coach Ned, and the athletes in our first year of Division One. We were able to take, David was able to take on Goliath, USC, yes, and be successful, and uh, our budget was so deep at that particular time, Coach Burrito reached into his pocket and bought us all blazers <laughs> and, and dress shirts out of his own pocket so that we would fit in to all the other high-budget teams that were here at the college. And now, uh, 2011, the sport is at such a level, I mean, and also, uh, just college baseball, uh, not, the college series is at one level in college baseball. It seems like um, just as an issue. Uh, where, where do you think uh, college baseball? What are the strengths of the game right now? If you're if you were commissioner for a day in college baseball, kind of like what were the weaknesses of the game that you would want to address? Well, I think the bad issue is one of the weaknesses as it applies to professional baseball and, and the goal of uh, developing athletes for the next level and uh, you know whatever direction that bats decide to go BB core. There's some right. suggestions about wood and you know our committees uh, just did a the ABCA and Dave Travis did a tremendous job of, of uh, taking polls with all the coaches around the country and uh, he was reading that off this morning and, and uh, it, the BB core bats are well received by most of them across the country because it's more like a wood and yeah. plays that way. Wally Kincaid would seem to like this game. Yeah, you know, it's pitching small game. Yeah. a little ball and using the whole field. Uh, you know, it's not a wood bat discussion, and we don't need to get, get into that, but that's probably something that we need to iron out, get the continuity for development. But the strength of college baseball, besides the obvious of how much this tournament has grown, uh, stadiums across the country, the budgets, mm -hmm. uh, thank goodness coaches are making more like uh, more, uh, their salaries are at a point where it's more like basketball and football, assistant coaches, unfortunately. Right. Uh, coaches can make a career and feed a family and take care of their family. And the downside of that is you better win. That's right. Because now when they're paying more, they expect more. And so that's a, it puts us a little bit more under the scrutiny of administrations and donors and boosters and fans and those type of things. So the stakes go up, I yeah. guess. And that's, that's how we are, where we are with Cal State Florida right now. You're old school. Um, you know, Tennessee, uh, Todd Raleigh didn't work out there in four seasons, like you said. The pressure is what it is. Todd Raleigh's out. Dave Serrano, your former assistant at Fullerton, is in at Tennessee, where he was previously an assistant. So Cal State Fullerton is a program with uh, what, four national championships, one of the top five facilities in the West, as far as a baseball stadium, easily. Um, what is it about, is it as simple as football, that BCS schools with football, like a Tennessee, are always, or an Oregon, are always going to be able to come into Cal State Fullerton 
and make a baseball coach an offer he can't refuse? Is it, is it that simple? Yeah, pretty much. And, the, and you know, the Big West isn't necessarily a conference that draws great media hype and TV contracts and things that really can supplement a struggling state economy at this point. Right. And, uh, unfortunately, across the country, unless you have football or basketball or TV contract type, type of revenue, just to get the subsidies from the state, uh, right. To put athletic budgets in a, in a point where they can pay coaches and keep coaches and build programs and build stadiums is only going to come from football and basketball kind of revenue. And it is the uh, unfortunate thing for the administration and the continuity of Cal State Fullerton baseball right. that the likes of Augie Greedo went to Illinois and yep. back to Fullerton and Texas. back to Texas and Larry Cochelle left for uh, Oklahoma. A bigger opportunity and George Horton had his opportunity to sit in that chair. University of Oregon, it, for, for, for me, certainly contract and being able to take care of my family and the difference of that was a major factor in that. But it, for me, it was more of a, an opportunity to start something from scratch that my mentors and colleagues, uh, Wally Kincaid, Dave Snow, and Augie Garrido, had the opportunity to build something from scratch. And they told me that it was the most rewarding thing in their careers, more than trophies or anything else, is to start something from scratch, create your own legacy, and build a program. And it was a unique opportunity, not only that I could sign that kind of a contract right. in a, you know, an institution that's unbelievably um, suited, I guess, from all different angles, academics and academic center and facilities and the football program, the totally college environment. But, but we could jump right into the Pac-10 and compete for a championship. We for regional play, we didn't have to go through the certification process, so it provided me with that opportunity. And now the next guy that had that opportunity to sit in that chair, Dave Serrano, who certainly had a lot to do with my success as my assistant coach at Cal State Fullerton, is getting his opportunity to go into the SEC and see what he can do with that program. Pretty amazing, let's go on to Oregon, uh, pretty amazing to go from zero to first year of the program and the second year of the program into regional play. Uh, this year, uh, preseason top 25 team stumbled early. So you guys just took a little bit longer to get going. Uh, the impression from the outside, did it uh, soothe, I guess, a little bit that you win that, you know, I guess you swept Oregon State at the end of the year. That's probably, if you're not going to go to regionals, probably the second best thing to, to do in your season. Uh, what's that like been? I mean, what's it been so far in those four seasons at, you know, four years and three seasons at Oregon? Has it been a lot of unexpected, a lot of surprises, uh, building a program from scratch? Well, you know, even in a negative fashion this year, we didn't obtain our goals of getting into regional play. And ultimately, in our third year, we thought we could take a swing and to get here in the College right. World Series. And, and from 14 wins to 40, and then a little bit slide backwards to 33 and not being invited to the dance, we were left with kind of a sour taste in our mouth. But I would say another foundation block was laid, uh, building towards that, that end and our goal. And, uh, the relationships got better. Uh, the culture of the program continued to get better. Fortunately, John, we, we, we lost a lot of close games. We didn't show the mental toughness that championship teams need to show to win the close games. We, I've never coached a team that never came from behind when they were trailing after the mm. sixth inning, which is, I guess, our inability to finish, except for the last uh, 20 games, we were 16 and 4. And, from our fan standpoint, the bit of a rivalry between the Beavers and generations of passion and hatred. Uh, I think if you had our first Pac-10 sweep in, in 
three years just happened to fall against the Beavers and prevented them from winning the Pac Man championship. And for, for me, it was just an affirmation that we played a good baseball team, a well coached baseball team, and we were able to play very well that weekend. I really have uh, no feeling of gratification because we prevented the Beavers from doing anything. It was just uh, a measuring stick that we played very well and finished very fast, and it, it really had a Gave us an opportunity to get on our knees and hope the committee recognized how right. we finished. And unfortunately, as I said, the many too little, too late. So, momentum, build something that we can build on uh, the negative phenomena of last year and the assumption that everything would just continue to go in a positive direction. I know that'll serve us very well when we come back in September and start it up for the 2012 season. You sound like you're ready for that uh, next week. Absolutely. <laughs> this makes me feel that. That way, that much more being here without my ball club. I'm sure. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges when you're starting a, a program. I mean, I think Oregon nationally is associated a lot with Nike, obviously the headquarters, the football uniforms. How many looks do you guys have? Didn't you guys have a press conference that rolled out, what, eight different uniforms? Uh, six and growing. Yeah, okay, six, six and growing. I mean, which one is this? A standard one right here? This is this, this is, is the system of dress, the Nike system of dress. This just seems like almost like too staid, too, like too uh, not not uh, neat enough to be Oregon almost. Yeah, it, it, it's a little combination, and it, I will tell you, it's a great thing to be associated with Nike and of course Phil Knight and his influence on our university and our athletic department. Sure. And uh, we were partners with Nike when I was at Cal State Fullerton. But okay. It's just gone up uh, tenfold because now being at the University of Oregon and our location, and then being sure. at Beaver Ten and. Uh, I often tell the story when I was with Nike and Cal State Fullerton, I would meet with Cal Malhart, Grant Civic one-on-one when I got the job at the University of Oregon. I had a meeting with Todd Van Horn and about six uh, <laughs> design people that, uh, and boards of not only aesthetic uniforms, but their modern technology, the advantage of the hypercool uniform, which is what we're looking at okay. right now, that it's vented in the different areas that uh, their performance space, not only attractive and uh, on the outside edge of extreme in some cases, like our football uniform right. store for the national championship, but functionally, uh, if you took that uniform off of the statue, it would weigh about a third of the weight of the old Cal State Fullerton uniform that we used to, used to wear. So you, not only is it attractive, it's great for recruiting because it, it draws that kind of marketing. Sure. Sort of, youngster that likes that look, George Horton likes that look, it's on the outer edge of modernized, but performance-wise, which is probably a coach's highest priority, right. it gives you every advantage that you possibly can to compete at the highest level. Well, that's the last thing I need to get uh, I need to get with some of these guys you're talking about from my T-ball team. I got my first coaching this year, <laughs> six-year-olds. Holy cow. God bless you. Don't know how you guys do it. That's at the grassroots, and that's what it's all about. I love bat boys. I actually have three bat boys, ex-bat boys, that are playing in the major league, and I'm pretty proud of that. Are you kidding? Yeah, I... Justin Turner, oh, yeah, right. Francisco, and, and Jimmy Pistano are all bat boys. Well, Pistano I knew about, and I see when you say bat boy, I think of Karopsi, because he still looked yeah. like a bat boy when he got <laughs> here. But Red Turner, I mean, we're going to end on a little tangent, I'm sure. I mean, Red Turner goes from Caldwell Series taking a dose in the mouth, not where you're supposed to take your dose, yeah. breaking your ankle on the play, which you find out in the summer, and never a highly drafted guy, not only a physical guy, in the big leagues. 
Did you ever think you'd see Red in the big leagues? You know what, I did, because uh, as I texted him before he started this mission with the Mets, and you know, a little bit up and down, and I said to Red, he started playing every day, he had a five RBI high game, and won a couple games. Yeah. Started to go off a little bit with his Dave Wright going down and his opportunity to play. I said, I said, Red, I said, it's great to see that you're playing every day and the Mets will get you, get to see what I got to see and how many different ways that you can help them win in a different way every single day you play. And, you know, I, I wouldn't bet against Red having about a 12, 15 year career. He's a utility guy with yeah. an everyday player because he, he, he can win games with his glove, with his baseline, with his knowledge, and with quality at bats. Okay, got some Reds up in Oregon, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. We need more of those kind of guys. This could go on all day. I love talking to George Horton. Love being here at the Nike Fieldhouse. It's been a lot of fun. We hope you've enjoyed it in this Baseball America video. So for George Horton and the people at Nike, I'm John Manuel. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later this weekend with Tim Corbin here at the Nike Fieldhouse on BaseballAmerica.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.